Boom! What's going on, guys? 360 Digital Closing Bell here for a week ahead podcast. I am your humble, of course, one of Michael Tanner, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, the director of with the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. Stuart Turley, how are you doing this morning? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, but uh, all right, I'll leave that joke alone. We're glad to be yeah, here. It- I'm glad to be here coming to you um, here on this gorgeous November 2nd, 2020. Time stands about 5.56 a.m. Um, so we'll be able to get this in before the market opens. Um, missed last week because honestly, guys, I think we're doing a little rebrand of the show here. I think we're dropping the Friday shows um, mostly because it's just a recut of what we do every single day. And I, I think they're, they're, they're worse. I think you should just, if you want to know what happened throughout the week, Tune in to our live show on YouTube every single day, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's mostly, it's not really why we're dropping that Friday show. It's mostly because they they run too long. We just kind of rant about news. I don't really think we actually learn anything from it. Um, but really, I, I, this is more a push to go watch our YouTube show every day if you want to know what happens. We push out summaries every single day. You won't you won't miss it, guys. Check us out. YouTube. We're also on Rumble. I'm not even sure what that is, but apparently we're viral on Rumble. So I'll uh, I'll let Stu. I'm letting Stu handle that one until. Until, until I see the checks come in, then I'll become the Rumble King. But um, we have today have a great show for you guys lined up. We're going to chat a little bit. First, we have to celebrate Stu. He was the one that said oil was going to tank this week, and it did. So we'll have a little party for him and kind of break down why that happened. Um, some interesting stuff. We need to dive into ExxonMobil. I think there's there's just a lot of weird stuff going on with, with, with some of the numbers. And I think it tells a, a pretty interesting telltale sign about why some of these majors have shifted into renewables. Um, Stu's got some stuff um, that, that, that actually is, is really good in the international news desk. But first, guys, this show is brought to us by the world's greatest website, Oil and Gas 360.com, the place for all your energy news, all your energy finances, and home of the Energy News Beat, which is our live daily show every single day covering what's going on in the energy market. You guys won't want to miss it. Subscribe on YouTube. Check us out. iTunes, Spotify. We're available on the website, oilandgas360.com. Stu also runs the three, the Energy 360 podcast, which is one of the top industry thought leadership podcasts. We've had so many great guests swing through. We're, we, 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 we just recorded one last week as part of our Women in Energy series with Susan. Um, oh, I'm going to burn this. Susan, f- f- far, f- can you get me, Stu? Get me. Get, help me out, Stu. Far, Farzahad? Yes, Farzahad. Uh, Farzahad? I just – Lord Farquad from Shrek. We'll just call her Susan Farquad. Um, but, no, she's great. She's the vice president of government uh, of communications and government affairs over at Great Western. One of the best interviews I've ever heard just in terms of framing the whole – ESG corporate communications to a relevant. I think I think a lot of the the lot of the ways you hear ESG get talked about is is honestly hokey. You know, it's it's pie in the sky. It's mm-hmm. let's all build a fire, sit down with the environmentalists, and and talk about our feelings and figure out how we're gonna you know all get along. And really, I think it's a the oil and gas industry has done nothing wrong. It's a messaging issue. It's not really a operational issue. She takes it up. It's a communications issue, and that's really why. I, I, I love listening to her. I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode. We'll probably get this out to you Thursday. Stu, who else do you have coming up? Uh, we have Mark Mills. i going to interview him uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited about that. He is a, uh, a fellow at uh, uh, one of the biggies. He is well-published. I had to buy four of his books. Uh, he has been interviewed by a ton of people. He knows his stuff. I got to do homework tonight, dude. Yeah, you've got homework tonight. Um, 
you've got some homework tonight, but we've, we're trying to circle around a couple other people. Um, I, we're actually interviewing Resfrac today. Um, the guys over at Resfrac, if you you're an oil and gas conference attendee, you saw their. Uh, so these guys are these guys are cool people. You talk about smart people. It's these guys. These are all Stanford nerds over there in Silicon Valley. But really, I think it's what the oil and gas industry needs. I think, I think we've we've we're too far down the hardware rabbit hole. We need to start bringing it into the software, Stu. Too many, too many people like you deploying stuff on wells. Like we need it all in the cloud. Uh, but uh, we interviewed uh, Microsoft about yes security. It was, but also. And this is something. So you want to? So 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 we uh, another guy we interviewed that we we shot this on Friday. We'll, we'll release this this week. Who who? What it was? CyberX was the name of the company. Is the name? Yeah. Of, who's the name of the CEO? Uh, Paul. So, Paul uh, something. I forget his last name. We're bad with this stuff. Sorry guys. We, we... But he's uh, he was phenomenal in his knowledge. Uh, we talked about national security with several things that have happened on offshore and the electrical grid. So this is a national security uh, podcast. Yeah, these guys got bought by Microsoft because really they, I think when people think of security, we think of like, oh, my online, you know, I don't want to put something on the cloud because it's going to get hacked. And I think that's what a lot of oil companies started with for security. Hey, we're going to, you're not, you're not trying to tell me I'm going to put all of my proprietary reservoir, bubble point data, all of my day by, you're going to tell me I'm going to put that on the cloud to get hacked by my competitor? Absolutely not. Well, companies came in and solved that issue, specifically the big boys, Microsoft, AWS. No, no, no. We, we, we don't get hacked specifically by your competitors, maybe China, but that's a whole nother ball game. Um, what, what, what CyberX did was come in and say, okay, there's a whole software component to this, but there's a hardware component to being hacked. And that's where these offshore rigs, these heavy, heavy machine-oriented processes in upstream, specifically in offshore drilling, can be susceptible to this stuff. So I honestly didn't even think about that. Who would want to hack a, a button sitting on an offshore well but, or an offshore drilling well, rig? As people do. You know, uh, you've talked about it as a uh, millennial that we do remote drilling now so much sitting in your pajamas instead of being on the rig. You could actually cause safety and environmental issues by blowing out a well remotely. Yeah, no. So um, highly fascinating episode. Highly recommend checking that out, guys. Um, Energy 360 available on iTunes, Spotify, um, or the world's greatest website oilandgas360.com all right the show today a couple things i want to start with well first we just need to start with the levels for the week and de facto have a little party for Stu. So we'll go clap your hands move around a little bit Woo-hoo, all over. we'll have a little music playing here um all right we're we, done. we said last week what where do you think oil is going to be oil is like 37 bucks do you think it's going to be above or below i was bullish Oh, only up until a point. I don't say I was thought it was me forty five, but I did think we were going to end above thirty eight. Stu was very was very bearish. Actually, that you thought it was going to be about thirty seven bucks. We're currently trading thirty five even right now. Opened the week, like I said, all the way up at thirty. We've just taken an absolute tumble. Three big, you know, couple things happened last week. Did we happen? But I mean, really, the driving factor of these depressing oil prices is is this is the stuff coming out of OPEC and specifically Libya in terms of the oil production. We'll have Stu dive into that in a little bit. First, I mean, when we look at the levels here, I mean, we're diving now back into, you know, really th- there's a gap that we've reached from 35 to 28. You got to remember people, there was, 
you know, we're, we're running into what we call gap periods where oil, because it's rarely gets down this low, is so news driven, it tends to run quickly. So we're at now sort of a level in which there's not much volume between 35 and 28 to really give an indication of where it's going. And what's give it what's driving oil? Well, it's all of these news events right now. So you can kind of not throw the technicals out the window. Watch the news, guys. Virus continues to get worse. And I put that in, I don't want to put that in quotes to say it's a scam, but if the media virus gets worse, yes, if cases continue to increase, yeah, yeah, it's not going to go on oil prices. You know, I saw this weekend, uh, gasoline distillate demand was up. Bulls like that a little bit, but then we hear Libya comes out, 800,000 barrels as Stu's going to cover here. So, so watch yourself here. If you're, if you're actually wanting to get in it and maybe trade this, you know, be short. Don't be long, you know, especially in this market. Now, it really depends on what time frame you're trading. You can always get long and, and from 10 seconds get out after for a 10-second ride. I mean, that's, that definitely can happen. So the key is pick your spots wisely, you know, in terms of, you know, on a weekly bias, I'm, 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 I'm neutral. I think 30, 30 to 30, I think 32 to 34, you know, $35 is probably a pretty – solid range for considering the glut of just global oil stocks that's happening right now if i had to give you some big levels well 135 35 is a big level there's a big chunk of volume there 36 27 37 48 like i said on the downside it's tougher to read because it's it's just been really slick i think 33 32 dollars is probably where you're going to see a floor on this i just think that's more of a you know that's that's 50 that's 25 percent off the original index when you talk about 40 bucks bringing it down to that 32 dollar range that's about 20 25 percent um which means just because when you look at what its demand has you know I, i'm just trying to match that up with we're, we're probably about to see another 25 percent dip of demand so if is it a 100 percent correlation i don't know a lot of this is news driven as well so it'll be it, it, it'll be interesting to see what this is but i mean that's where i think some of the levels are we move over to natural gas um you know remember natural gas was you know you look oh three dollars and 28 cents wasn't it three dollars last week yeah we had a contract roll so Let's just remember that we, we, we our contract rolled um, from the November to the December contract. So that I mean that was good for that was up at, you know we were trading at three dollars even pit open for the contract roll three dollars and twenty eight cents. So I mean really we, we you know really you know we're at three dollars and twenty eight four right now. It was three dollars and twenty eight six when it opened. So we we're talking two tenths of a penny change. Now we at one point got down to three three fifteen. At one point we were up to. You know, three four. So I mean, it's been a nice little roller coaster. But Michael, um, my yes. number. What's my, up? My number was three twenty all along for that gun. Yeah, no, you had three twenty a while ago, and and you've been really spot on on this stuff. And I think I think I and as this as we continue to roll, I mean, give you an example. Twelve month strips three thirteen. Now, twelve month strip is never an indication really of what prices. They never react quick enough. So. You can still be bullish and think we see four dollar gas. I don't. I think this this, this three to three thirty level that we find ourselves in is probably going to be where we're at because, at some point, companies can't just stop producing oil. At some point, the reason why these companies are merging is so they can create a well cost that is theoretically lower. You know, you know, keep lowering their average per barrel well cost. Now, does that mean that they're still burning capital like no other? Yes, but it just makes their slide deck look sweet. 
and that at the end of the day, that's that's what we're it's, it's what a lot of these companies are in for. They're in for sweet slide decking and a good segment on Kramer. Um, so eventually, that that we're gonna we're, we're gonna people are gonna make that joke, and it's gonna be about the energy newsbeat segment they do, because we'll bring them on, but we're gonna actually we'll ask them tough questions. Oh, you we'll show the we'll show the people at shit. We'll ask Michael Worth how these application for his new gigs coming. Have you gotten your application in yet? I just thought you had to reapply. Yeah, he'd never come back. Um, you know, I look, so you know, when we look at the big levels, obviously, you know, this, this, you know, we're kind of in. I don't want to say uncharted territories, but we just haven't seen three dollar gas or three thirty gas in a while. So I mean, point of control is three thirty for the whole week. Um, I think there's a big slick spot or a you know big chunk between three three twenty eight um, and three thirty five. I think. Um, that's probably your peak, unless you see some of this some of this weather stuff turn around. Let's pull up a weather forecast. I don't have it up on me, but let's get let's get a weather forecast up here, because um, that's going to that's going to see. Here we go. A little too long for natural gas. What's our weather supply here? Short term weather outlook: October thirty through number fifth. A fresh cold shot will be pushed in the northeast today. Highs of the thirties and the fifties, with chilly lows of the tens and thirties. A quick break will follow Sunday before another cold shot arrives Monday, Tuesday, with similar conditions. All right, so there we go. So Midwest, north or northeast. I knew that it was raining all day. If anyone watched Sunday night football, you knew of you knew that. Did you watch the game? Who won? Did uh, Eagles win last night? It was Eagles Cowboys. It was it was tough to watch. Are you Cowboys fans too? I'm a Cowboys fan, but I don't watch the NFL. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Do you know if they won yesterday? Because I, I, I'm pretty sure they got crushed. I watched like the first four or five drives, and then it was like, ah, I, I, I don't really care about either of these teams. And I got to listen to Chris Collinsworth all night. I'm good. No, I got my football fix with the Oklahoma State folks on uh, Saturday. Oh, we speaking got, of moment of silence. Yeah, we got you almost. Yeah, how do you not beat Texas? Well, you give up four four turnovers. We were kind of stupid. That's all right. It's all right. I was I was watching that at a buddy's. I was like, oh, Stu's probably in the edge of his chair right now. Yeah. And Texas, no less. They're having a bad year. So, short-term outlook. Looks like we've got Northeast is going to be cold. So, probably, I think those, you know, you can see those crack spreads up there dive a little bit. Rest of the U.S., 50 to 80. Thank goodness. As the week progresses... 50 to 60 overall in the Northeast. Overall demand. This is uh, Nat Gas Weather. One of probably the top weather sources that traders go to because they take all of those complex weather models and boil it down to what traders need. So if you're actually going to sit there and trade natural gas, one, don't. Two, if you're going to, get, get Nat Gas Weather. Go subscribe to Natural Gas Intelligence. Um, you know It's going to cost you some bucks. Sorry, you chose it though. You heard it here first. Don't do it. Step away from the natural gas. <laughs> yeah. They got natural demand moderate to high Tuesday. So there you go. Probably a little bullish this week. But uh, you know, we'll see. You know, LNG exports are gonna continue to uh see lower production. I think it was oh my, what's my uh I saw this tweet. Let me pull it up. What's our uh, natural gas? I saw it was the shut-in production. Here we go. 20% of all gas was shut in due to Hurricane Zeta that's now moved off. Six, um, 
About 44 platforms were evacuated. One rig was evacuated. 46% of oil was shut in. 20% of gas. So to kind of give you guys an idea, that's the percentage that's been ripped off the market due to Zeta. So when you're when you're trying to price in these levels, remember that stuff's going to come back on. I don't know how much of it we'll see in the, either the EIA reports this week, but, you know, who knows. All right. We got to talk about Libya, Stu, because I mean, I mean, the reason why oil is thirty-four bucks is because it's because of these guys. So break yeah. it down for us. What's how? What is Libya doing? You know, because we've seen this is the fourth or fifth update. This is Libya turning on more production version four point Exactly, and it, uh, just to give our listeners uh, uh, a hair of a uh, feedback for about thirty seconds, and that was Turkey was asked in when they were only doing um, 90,000 barrels a day uh, about six months ago. And Turkey had its folks come in and they turned everything back on and they're going through everything. Uh, I got an article here um, from, and it was came out over the weekend. Uh, we've been talking about 800,000 barrels per day. It went to 600, then it went to 800. More of the oil fields have been coming on in the, what's they, the, what they call the crescent. Yep. Uh, and this article is called Libya's Oil Production. Production. Boy, there's a Texas way to talk. Surges 800,000 barrels per day uh, on the way to 1.2 million barrels per day. The uh, article actually says it's going to be more than that, but I think it's going to be a little bit less because the intel I'm getting is that some of those lines are not going to be coming on. Here's the carrot. Yeah, some of those lines are going to be stolen by uh, Al Qaeda. Here's the what they do. They, I'm they, saying they, that they are. <laughs> excuse me. I'm saying that they're going to come online this year. Oh. They're not going to be as much, and the rest of the world thinks they're coming on next year. So you heard it here first. They're coming online this year, and it's not going to be as much. Now, more will come on next year. So there's a little bit of a tidbit for you. Okay, now. so, because here's, well, here's here's the interesting part. I mean, to give people an idea of why, oh, Libya's only put 800,000 barrels on the market, we'll give you an idea. In September, the, the their daily oil production was less than 100,000 barrels. In September! Woohoo! That's turning the faucets on, turning them on hot! They um, they have some uh, uh, tankers sitting ready to fill. They do so. And yeah, I mean, look, it's the National Oil Court expects to pump off. one million barrels daily next month. Guess where with it's the ambition on. to reach one point six by the end of twenty twenty. Now that hinges on the resources the finance really will be able to allocate. Yeah. <laughs> See, they all they all need capital, Stu. Just whether it's from the free market or whether it's from the whether it's from the government. This goes back to about sixteen of our other stories, and OPEC cannot keep them in control. And no uh, and most of the most of the oil is going to, and here's a drum roll: China. 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 So you gotta love it. I love it. Um. I think, Stu, you have one more story in the international news. But I want to quickly highlight, I think, some of the, the findings from earnings last week. And, you know, I don't want to spend too much time diving into all of them because, you know, we cover them every single day on our energy news beat. But I think there's a couple themes 
that we're seeing. One, please don't read the press release. I'm just begging you, don't. Now you can do it, but you have to just, and I hate to say this because I don't, they're all, they're, they're not frauds. I'm talking about press releases, not the people who write them, but they're all, what is the goal of a press release? How do we make this quarter look good? Well, that's not what you should be looking for if you're an investor. You should be saying, what is the data? I've seen now free cash outflow on an oil and gas slide deck. I'm not joking with you. Free cash outflow. And they touted that as a number. <laughs> they touted that. They're like, oh, yeah, free cash outflow. Is that yeah. non-gap? Oh, yeah, that's non-gap, baby. <laughs> What is, what, what is it, that thing in the Bible? Man cannot live off bread alone. Oil companies cannot live off gap alone. Because they will die. Um, they need that non-gap um, stuff. It was, it's just crazy. So don't read the press release, please. Avoid it at all costs. When you see a company drop their oil, drop, drop their earnings, go check out the 10Q. Go read the earnings transcript. Then read the press release. And see what version you like better. It's almost like what news do you want? <laughs> it's it's almost like the different news channels. So that's one. And I harp too much on press release. They're just know what their intention is for. Their intention is to it's a press release from a company. Is a company gonna make themselves look bad? No. No. Not gonna happen. <laughs> that's um, nor should bad. they. They shouldn't be in the business of making themselves look bad. But an investor shouldn't be in the business of believing everything that comes out of their mouths. That's the other thing. But that's, that's what we do. So we protect you from bad investments, or at least we try to. That's why they release at five o'clock on Friday. <laughs> yeah. The second. My second takeaway is man, these banks are in a precarious position. Banks own so much of not just the RBL debt, not just the credit borrowing facilities, but also their their mutual their their components on the investment management side own huge numbers of the equity in these oil companies, who continue to spend more on dividends and capex or CapEx, and, or what we call cash from... There are two lines that I care about in a 10Q. Cash from operations, which, if you can think about what that is, that's how much cash you bring in via all the stuff you're doing. And this is not including hedging, because that's a financial move. This isn't include. You know what I mean? So that's... So, 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 well, at cash from operations is every single little business that you're in. How much money is that bringing in? It's, diff it's less than revenue because revenue includes other revenue can include a lot of other things partnerships um jvs all this stuff cash from operations that's what i like to see okay and specifically on you know non-super major you get a super major i don't really care what exxon mobiles i i do care you know what their cash from operate but they have i mean they take into account they have um so just I'm getting to the point is super majors cash from operations is important, but it's maybe only 60-70% of the story. When you look at an oil company, cash from operations, that's 90-95% of the money they make. I mean, they don't, you know, what is 
You know, I'm just picking, I mean, you know, your average shale oil company. They're just producing oil. What else they got going on? It always cracks me up. You have these oil companies. What do you do? We produce oil and gas. You have a director of business development. What does the do? What do you need a business development director for? You're not doing anything other than drilling oil. You know what I mean? It just cracks me up. It's like your entire business is based upon... So why do you need a director of business development? You want to start a podcast? It just cracks me up. So, if you're... I'm trying to word this correctly because I don't want to... I don't want to... If you're... I guess the point of all this I'm trying to say is... Cash from operations is one of the few stats that you can look at and one of the few numbers you can look at to say, okay, how much money are they making from, from their core operations, from their, you know, from, from all of the different businesses they're in. The other line that I look at is cash from investing is cash from investing activities. That is how much money is going the opposite way. How much cash are you taking and investing in new things? And in all of the cases, cash from investing is greater than cash from operating. And you can't continue to live like that. You, I, I, I can't do that as a human for, for more than 10 months before the bank starts calling me. It's like, yeah, Mike, yeah, 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 These guys can't do it for that much longer. And the burden, you know, we talk about, well, who's the, the burden shifts to the banks because it's not just one company that's in this position. It's, Quite frankly, as we're going to cover here in a little bit, it's honestly the super majors. They're in the same. They're in the same issue too. Now they're dealing with the whole other thing called the dividend, but they're in the same boat. Their cash from operations is less than cash from investing operations, or from cash from investing. And also includes and see investing includes GNA. You invest in your people. It includes everything. It includes capex. It includes opex. It includes GNA. So it's two really good numbers to just boom. Let's minus them. See where they're at. The industry is doing a terrible job of managing that number. So, now that's my second takeaway: is that the banks are in a precarious position, and I think they know that. And I and and partly I think what's fascinating is to see the redeterminations be as light as it has been. Now I don't know if that is because they're waiting just to hack them in the whack them in the spring. If it's more of a kick the can down the road thing, and it can be, I mean, you know, a story leaked last week: Exxon Mobil's seeking to write down thirty billion dollars of gas assets. Hmm, who did they buy in two thousand eight for thirty billion? XTO. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, yeah, but and should they maybe have done this when gas was a dollar fifty? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. But what is kick the can down the road? Next management team will deal with it. Next CEO will deal with it. Eventually, music stops playing. Someone's got to face it. And I think these banks are going to realize that whether they're going to start doing that in spring. 2021 is going to be interesting because oil prices may recover a little bit. But I mean, at some point, we're going to run out of money to vet. We're going to run out of money to lend people. And I think these banks are going to be caught, not with their tail between their legs, but in a precarious situation. They are in a precarious situation. If we cut their borrowing base, we cause this company to, to, to declare Chapter 11 bankruptcy and we're wiped and we, we, we recoup 20 cents on the dollar. If we keep their you know, RBL the same, maybe in 10 months Exxon buys us and we recoup 60 cents on the dollar. I don't know. But 
there's a these banks are in an interesting situation. I can't say I can't say it any clearer. So one, don't read the press release. Two, man, these banks, it's whether it's this redetermination season or next redetermination season, are going to have to Something's going to have to give here because it's going to be very interesting. Stu, I don't know if you've seen anything from these earnings that have caught your eye. Um, I think you and I, you've pretty well covered it. The uh, earnings are just, uh, it's not the AK-47 you have to look at. It's the 10K. Yeah, it is the 10K. So, all right. Um, let You have something on India. I have a couple things out there. Uh, India, uh, I am big on Prime Minister uh, Modi. He has been power to the people. He has been using uh, anything he possibly can to get power to the Indian Mm -hmm. folks. Just got a report this morning that their uh, use of diesel fuel is up dramatically. That is pretty darn cool. But over the weekend, uh, Prime Minister uh, Modi uh, has put a balance of power, uh, seven key pillars of India's energy strategy, power to the people. Um, He mentioned that uh, India saved around 24,000 rubles or Mm -hmm. whatever they are. through the installation of 11 million smart LED uh, uh, lights. So what he's doing is he is doing one of the single best jobs of any leader in the world of of balancing power. Uh, He is what I'm going to write my uh, thesis on, on how to be a world leader. Okay. I think, I think that's awesome. I know you've, you've been, you've been following this you've been on this for a while and so you you know this isn't something that just came up oh no uh the second one are you am i on the international news side here yeah let's hit the international news desk um i don't like talking politics because i don't like politicians uh however uh one of the funniest things is uh i want to talk about for about two seconds um the view from the middle east to President Biden and President Trump. I thought this tidbit was absolutely wonderful. It's an article that came out this morning. Um, and it, I haven't put it out on the uh, uh, news desk yet because I'm still editing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the impression from the Middle East of US politics is that Trump was proud of getting out of the Paris Peace Accord for uh, pollution accord. Uh, However, people need to understand our CO2 and pollution output as an industrial nation is now the lowest out of anywhere else in the world. And the Paris Accord is absolutely... um, taking advantage of the U.S. and not enforcing it to China or anywhere else. Russia is the number one flaring company in the Mm. world. They're still in it, but they're still polluting. 
So the other key takeaway in here was that um, U.S. oil producers and European and the world is watching if Biden gets elected, may re-engage with Iran, providing limited sanction reliefs and allowing its crude back on the market, which could drive prices down and in turn shut our oil producers down. Mm -hmm. So a Biden election is going to be devastating, even though if they say they're not going to ban fracking, they're going to eliminate jobs like you wouldn't believe by giving Iran and giving no support to OPEC. That is from Huge. the Middle East. That's Huge. my opinion, That's which I agree with, but that is an opinion so that we're not thrown out of YouTube. Um, that's from the Middle East. So I thought that was pretty darn interesting. That is interesting. And, um that's this. I mean, this is stuff that, that that is driving oil markets, guys. This is stuff that that is really factoring into how this, you know, this 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 whole oil thing is playing, and it's 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 pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, I've got a bunch of other things, but we're already here at at, at 30, 35 minutes here. I want to try to keep these a little shorter. So, Stu, I think I think we've you know, there's a couple other things, you know, on the you know, I, I just recommend tune in to our energy day, our energy news uh, beat. Um, available on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Do whatever makes the algorithms go nuts. We're going to be covering all of the earnings this week. We're going to be covering um, all of the stories, what's going on with the oil price. I just highly recommend checking that out. Um, but I think with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here and let you guys start your day, get back to work. Thank you for checking out the 360 Digital Close Week Ahead podcast. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you guys t- this afternoon in the Energy News Beat.